Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, hello. Mohanad is here despite tech problems. Hey, yeah. And Roche is here. Yeah, get in. With zero tech problems. Correct. Well done, everyone. We've made it. We're here. And uh, I, this, this is going to be a very unfamiliar podcast. It's a very unfamiliar time, as a lot of people have said. Um, we're living in a new world, boys, um, because before this last round of fixtures, we lived in a world where Dominic Solanke had never scored a goal for Bournemouth. And now he's scored two. And I don't know what to do with myself. It's, it's just, it's very weird. Never, ever? Never, ever. So him and McGoldrick just uh, lost their virginity. Pretty much, yeah. 49 he games all... for Bournemouth he'd played before he scored. Solanke also now has more goals than uh, Firmino at home for his team. And Ozil <laughs> as well. Oh, like in the last three years. Oh, yeah, but there is a connection between Firmino and Solanke. No, 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 no. This is, this is how you know that Alex is finished. He's willing to throw his own player under the bus just Mate. to get Mohamed. Mazzazel threw Arsenal under the bus, so I will throw him under the bus. Anyway, um, okay, um, let's start with the United boys because that was the last match that happened. Uh, Again, unfamiliar. You're used to winning. Well, you have been since January or since Bruno month. Uh, you drew a game. How does it feel, Roche? Um, it's, uh, it's a bit of a shame because, you know, I think going into this game today against Southampton, very, very good team. Um, and in our last, you know, from the last four fixtures, I think Southampton are the best team or the best team in form at least. And um, we knew it was going to be a tough game. And, uh, you know, to throw the, throw the winning position away in the last minute, and, you know, given we had 10 men because of an injury at the time is, is a bit of a tough one to swallow. But all in all, I think we'll still be fine. We'll still get into that Champions League spot because, you know, this, you know we, were, we threw it away from winning position and we're just going to pick ourselves up and, and get at the next game. I feel like that's the attitude around the club. Roche is giving the answer like he's a player post-match. Yeah. Like, yeah. we'll pick ourselves up, we'll be right back at it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we, we, you know, we gave points. 100%, but it just today wasn't our day, you know. It's, it's um, all about the three points. It's all about the team, you know. What, yeah. what you were absolutely right about is Southampton being really good. I think I heard today that after the lockdown, they would have been, like, their fifth on form. Here's, here's a better stat for you about Southampton. Since they lost 9-0 to Leicester City, they picked up more points than Leicester. I love that one. That's a really good stat. Oh. Yep. <laughs> It sure is. Yeah. Um, Bernie, like, it seemed like everything was going to be fine. Like, you know, you got your Martial goal. Who else scored? Rashford. Rashford. For the first, first goal since, since the comeback, I think. Yeah. Uh, first open play, yeah. Right. Um, everything looked like it was going to be pretty routine. What happened today? Um, so, firstly, Southampton played very well, uh, I would say. But despite them playing well, United absolutely ruined guilted chances uh there was a point blank one-on-one for marcus rashford that somehow nathan renman i think or bertrand got his toe on to deflect it it was a wide open net that should have been 3-1 uh great interplay with rashford and martial and then martial had you know, remember that goal he scored against fulham the one where he ran dribbled a couple of people and then put it in he did the exact same thing and instead of the cool finish against fulham he blazed it over the bar those that would have been 3-1 as well, and then they gave it up in the last minute. So it would have, could have been a different result, but maybe on the court, balance of play, a draw was deserved, but just circumstances of a last-minute uh, corner is, is a little heartbreaking. I Obviously like given. Did, uh, sorry, I was going to say I like how you did an Ox Gibbs there with Bertrand and Nathan Redmond. You're like, yeah, one of those two. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> you were saying. Oh no! I was just I was just going to re-emphasize the point of uh, it's a, it's a little more bitter because Brandon Williams had to sub himself off or rather go off into the tunnel with a with a cut eye or something, and so United were actually yeah oh yeah so with ten men for that moment and it was just kind of unlucky. Yeah, I think I think well the game started. I mean, you guys seem to hand um, hand them both their goals. I mean, obviously they, the first one they did well, but after the fact that Pogba kind of lost possession very deep into his own half, it was almost just on the edge of the eighteen yard box. Um, just, just not aware of. I can't remember who was pressuring him on the edge of the box there, but it might have been Che Adams, if I'm not mistaken. I thought um, it was England, actually. 
Might have been. And then um, uh, Redmond did really well to find uh, Ward Prowse on the back post, which fi- he finished really well. The other thing, oh, speaking of, of United as well, like De Gea had that one really good save this game um, from Redmond when he cut in, almost trying to score a similar goal to Martial's. But De Gea just, the, the reaction was, was very impressive. You, you know what, Monet, sorry to, to cut you off. I'm, I, that save to me, like I know a lot of people have been like, oh, De Gea, De Gea. And I was like, he should save that. Like, I don't know. I, I, it, it, didn't, it didn't strike me as something that I would, like when he shot it, I was not worried yeah. at all. Like, it didn't I, save I, me one bit. I saw that at the beginning in real time when I saw it. I'm like, okay, routine save, ball going to the far corner, not a big deal. But when I saw the replay a couple of times, Redmond was really close. Like, the, react, the time they had to decide where the ball was and get a hand to it, I just thought the reaction had to be really quick. Like, Redmond was quite close to the hair when he was taking that shot at like full power. So, so I just thought it was it was a good save, especially taking his form in. Mohamed, your analysis of that is, is bang on. The problem is that Bernie's already decided that De Gea is done. So it doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter what you say. Henderson would have done better. That's true. Henderson um, would have caught it just like, like actually grabbed the ball, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Martial's goal was very impressive. And more impressive than his goal, Bernie, we talked about during the game, was his hold up for Rashford's goal. Because that's kind of the new position Martial started to take up, that central striker, which in the past he used to play off the left. And, Mar- and Rashford actually used to play off the center, correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like Rashford was central, Martial was left. Now they've almost switched with Martial more central. And he's been doing really well there. But it's not just about the goals. Like that hold up to hold the player off with his li- left hand, kind of give himself space to just to trap it with his right foot and then lay it off to Rashford, who, by the way, the, the left foot finish into that height angle was not easy either all around just a really good technical goal can i can i add and i'll get Rashid to chime in just real quick if if this game ended 2-1 united winning this would have been the best performance anthony martial's ever had in the united shirt in my opinion forget about the the hat trick um the first chance that he had he <clears throat> he pressed them high got the ball one-on-one keeper saved it the assist the goal Rashford's chance was all made from Martial winning the ball, playing a quick one-two. He made actually all our chances today. And that was a, honestly a virtual so number nine performance. It's just sad that there wasn't a win uh, to, to market for him. Turning into a yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's a, there's a new hunger in Martial's eyes. I think last week he was subbed off, or maybe it was a week before, he was subbed off early in the game. And he didn't have his goal. And he was really sulking hard. And he really wanted to be on that pitch and get his goal. So uh, it's encouraging to see, like, Martial, the, the lead striker for United now, having that hunger in his eyes. It was a good performance. I don't think it was his best. And I still think that he has a lot more to do, um, you know, if he wants to really take the reins on a consistent basis, because I think this United team is looking for consistency. They have a bit of consistency now, but again, you know, with four wins and they needing, needed a win in this game, again, the consistency came into question because they ended up drawing this game from a winning position. So yeah. good job, Martial, but uh, he's, he's got to do a little more, score a little more goals. 21 all competitions for him and Rashford. That's, yeah, that's, that's very good. Yeah, yeah, and you guys are only one point away from third. So, I mean, today would have been a really good chance for you to, to leapfrog Leicester and Chelsea, I think you would have. Um, yeah, and you would have been in third. So that was, that was a chance missed there. But luckily for you, Leicester did lose. Uh, uh, well, I was going to say unexpectedly, but unexpectedly on paper at least, but not on form. Um, but Bournemouth beat them 4-1. And Bournemouth had like a 20-minute spell, I think it was, from like the 66th minute to the 87th minute. A, you know, a 20-minute spell where they just scored four goals. I have no idea how that happened. Um, Sion, Sion Chu, whatever. Sion Sion Chu, he got a red card. And stuff. So, you know, you guys are still in and about there, um, especially with, with, Leicester, with Chelsea also losing 3-0 to, South, to Sheffield United recently. So, you know, you did gain a point on your rivals, but it would have been better to get two more. And, and all the more important now, because we've learned as of this morning that fifth place won't do it because City's ban has been overturned, as, as I think we all expected it would be. Um, money talks. Don't know how they've done it, but I assume they've bribed someone you know, years worth of oil, something, whatever. Um, so they, instead of, <clears throat> excuse me, instead of uh, a two-year ban from the Champions League and a $30 million or pound fine, it's now just $10 million. So What does that mean when they reduce the ban? Does that mean, yes, you are guilty? I just don't think you're that guilty? Well, that's what their statement actually said. The, yeah. the cast statement actually said that they um, did not follow the rules. 
and by you know how they said that there wasn't ad money but it was money funneled in from the uae and stuff they actually said that and they said that they did not cooperate with the investigation those are two things <laughs> the, the technical problem with this thing is that there was a five-year statute of limitations apparently so the amount of evidence that could be actually seen in this case oh i see all the all the useful stuff was actually null and void so they're yeah. basically they're saying well you kind of did a dodgy investigation uefa so we're going to take this away from take this ban away regardless of how i feel at the end of arsene wenger's reign i do really feel bad for him though a little bit because He's one of those people that, you know, the good guy finishing last kind of thing because he really took FFP to heart. He's like, this is <laughs> hard. This is going to happen. I'm going to start, like, you know, getting ahead of the curve by being the person that can run efficiently and blah, blah, blah. And then it just all evaporated into absolutely nothing. Like, FFP does not exist. And, and it's a shame now that, you know, what, what's the point? If, if UEFA or whoever are going to enforce something and then the sport arbitration guys are going to nullify it, then, you know, is it, is it really a thing? I don't think it's a thing. And I, I think it's just going to put the whole thing into question and it's going to be completely not all void, this whole FFP thing. I mean, it's basically, it, it's a thing in as much as it punishes the, the lesser or less rich clubs and the super rich clubs can, can work their way around it. So if anything, it's just consistent with society's laws in general, but taxes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as someone who um, enjoys a, a good punishment, so to speak, um, what would you <laughs> suggest for an alternative punishment for Manchester city? Uh, many things that I shouldn't say on a recorded <laughs> podcast. Um, but yeah, I do think that, you know, given what the original sentence was and what the final sentence is currently, I think there is, uh, an investigation should be launched into the investigation. I would say bring back, bring back Caballero, force him to play him every game. I like that. Uh, <laughs> maybe Men- Mendy to play center back every game. Zabaleta can come back. Yeah. Zabaleta to definitely play for a couple more seasons. Oh, oh, and definitely bring back, uh, John Stones. Darius Vassell out of retirement. <laughs> no, I, I think Mohamed's onto something like factory reset to the point yeah. before the money, right? Oh, like, so Sean Gocha's up front. Okay. <laughs> Paul Dickoff, obviously. Sean, Paul Sean Dickoff. Wright Phillips. You get, you know, Elano. Oh, man. Paul Dickoff. Paul Dickoff. Sure. Yeah, we can have him too. But, well, to- but that, that's the funny thing. Sorry, Bernie. Just like when Mohamed mentioned Elano, you guys remember Tatskin Shinawatra? Yeah, yeah. Like, yes a human rights abuser who parked his money at Manchester city to try and like avoid being detained. So they've really had a wonderful collection of human beings. Same, 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 all the same, all the same stuff. Same, 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 but different. Uh, Just to reshape this point quickly. I think that um, if you really, if you really, really look at this thing, right? Like, remember we've seen the email of like Mm -hmm. uh, Infantino himself emailing Mansi to say, hey, don't worry about it. We'll help you get out of this as part of the leak. So clearly, it's UEFA was investigating UEFA in this. So in my, in my opinion, when Pep came out on Friday and said, I know we're going to be clear, I started to get afraid. And only because, to me, this is what UEFA actually wanted. They wanted to put up a front that we're investigating this and we're doing the best that we can and whatever. But everyone knew this was going to happen. So now UEFA can go, well, we did our bit. Like, there's nothing else we can do now. It's Calciopoli, as Roche would say. It's, it's KGB levels. I mean, it's, it's fantastic stuff. Yeah, we're investigating ourselves. Don't worry about it. Um, right. Back to the race for top four. So, yes, Leicester are in free fall. Like, they're just not interested anymore. I don't know what's going on with them, but they're just in utterly horrendous form. All the things that they were doing at the start of the season that made them good, they've stopped doing. The midfield's shot to pieces. The centre-back pairing of Evans and Soyonchu looks awful, which is which doesn't make sense on paper. Um, like, how do you get beaten 4-1 by Bournemouth? Well, uh, you know, it's a, it was a strange game. Leicester went up 1-0. It was 1-0 at halftime. It was 1-0 until the 65th minute where uh, Bournemouth scored. I think it was a mistake from Kasper Schmeichel. A penalty that was given away. Okay, 1-1 penalty. And from then on, I think Leicester just kind of mentally broke down because they panicked a little bit being 1-1, knowing what's at stake with this top four finish. And um, I think the second goal they conceded, Bournemouth obviously did very well to get that breakaway. Um, The ball creeped over the line, went into the net, Soyanku, and uh, I think it was uh, Josh King or, or Callum Wilson, one of the two. Had a little bit of a shoulder 
um, you know, collecting the ball from the net. And Soyanku kicked him, kicked out on him. So they conceded the goal, and Soyanku got a straight red, putting him out for the final three games of the season. So Leicester not only lost 4-1, they lost their one of their good star center backs findings of the season. And Does they that lost mean we get to see games. Big Wes Morgan? I highly doubt he's going to play. I think, I think it's going to be Big Wes. I, th- I think that's, that's what people are it? saying. Like they've got that Benkovic bloke, but I think he's out on loan. So like, I think it's just Big Wes. It's a shame though, like in, like in all seriousness for Leicester, like who, who could have came third quite easily at the start of the season and how things were yeah. going for them to drop it off. I mean, they might still end up top four if somehow miraculously they pick this up. But, you know, looking at United's form and then having Chelsea at a point ahead of them, like, I, you know, I, at this point, it wouldn't be crazy for Wolves to finish above Leicester, who are, you know, they're only, I think, what, four points away from them. But they were really on course to a really high points finish, um, you know, close to third, pushing City for that second. And it's, I don't know, I don't know what happened. He just imploded. It's yeah. Brendan Rodgers, I'm telling you. He imploded once before with Liverpool. Don't we all remember Chris Ball? And that was a that was a hell of an implosion. And he's yeah, but that was that, that's a good point. But I also feel that that was more like a a one off thing. Like th- this is more like this is for whatever. How many six seven games now where they they've just been the, on the worst well, in the th- league almost. So. It's it's been since January, since mm-hmm. the turn of the year. They've been absolutely rubbish, and the uh, the break uh, from football did not help with that. And there's, you know, that points to a deeper problem. That, something happened at the Christmas party, man. Something. Like you said, maybe he did you know, you know who knows? Affairs. You know who knows? Who? Jamie. Re- Rebecca Vardy. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's her account. Yeah, she knows. <laughs> it's Rebecca Vardy. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. All right, all right. Let's, so, let's move on. Yeah, uh, um, uh, two teams that absolutely will not be competing for the top four. North London derby. Tottenham against, against Arsenal. Um, no one expected this to be a classic, but I will say I let, I let the form of the recent form of both teams uh, lead me astray here. I did think that Arsenal would not lose, is what I said to Bernie, that Arsenal would not lose to this, this Mourinho side. Um, but yeah, Arsenal were pretty disappointing, Mo. It's a weird one, man. Like, at 1-0, and obviously we were only at 1-0 for like 130 seconds or whatever the hell it was. But like, at 1-0, while I had time to you know, think a little bit, I actually thought this is going to start to turn our way. You know, Spurs did start strong, but then Arsenal slowly grew back into the game and we got our passing rhythm going. We had, you know, at some points of the game, we had 80% possession on them. Obviously, useless sideways passing in, uh, across the back five, which was, you know, wasn't taking us anywhere, but... After we scored the goal with Lacazette, a brilliant goal. He's slowly coming back into form. Last game, he scored his first away goal in, you know, 500 years. And then now he scored the absolute beauty this game. And I thought, okay, here we go. Spurs are going to fall apart a little bit, as the form suggests. And, and we're going to kick on from here. But as usual, no amount of training, no amount of coaching, no amount of, you know, and, and I, I don't like to find myself agreeing with Paul Merson, but he said something to the effect of, you know, a Pep Guardiola sitting on the lap of an Alex Ferguson, sitting next to an Arsene Wenger, sitting, you know, all these managers would, will not solve the fact that Kolasinac can't pass a ball five yards, will not solve the fact that David Luiz can defend, you know, against Son to save his life. Like, at the end of the day, this is what Arsenal do. And this is also, unfortunately, what Mourinho does. When he comes up against low blocks, he has trouble win, like winning games. But when it comes up against a team that has the ball and wants the ball, he will punish them. And, and that's what happened. And this is a Mourinho game. He got, his, he got his three points exactly the way he envisioned at the start of the day. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, yeah, it was a typical Mourinho game. Uh, ugly, ugly win. You know, it's, it's really sad to see how he's taken such a high-energy, robust, Spurs side that passed the ball so well, pressed their opponents so well, and brought them into this former United nightmare. Like watching this game, all I was reminded of was you know how how bad Mourinho is as a manager, his tactics, and just how bad United looked under him. It looks exactly the same for Tottenham. So um, you know whatever the the Mourinho life cycle is at United, just apply it to Spurs. It's going to happen. But in this game in particular, the Kolasinac pass to David Luiz. I don't think his pass was was that away from David Luiz. I just think David Luiz is actually that bad as a defender. I'm going to have and to stop you there. No, 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 no. You need <laughs> to see it again, so. man. Yeah, you need no, to see man. it again. The, 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 par- yeah. the pass is horrendous. So, like, Luiz is coming towards Kolasinac. He's 
his whole body is facing one way. There is only one side of David Luiz that that pass can go to. And Kolasinac puts it on the other side. Like, yeah, and Luiz had no chance. And really, Luiz's really momentum, no I know, like Roche, I get it. Like the ball wasn't that far from Luiz. It's just Luiz was ro- moving in one direction with all his momentum. There's no way you pass the ball like that, especially with Son right there. Anyways, if it was Kane, he is- might have caught him, but he wasn't. Yeah. Him, so. I think I think where Roche is going with that is it was a horrendous pass. Like honestly, it was. But w- would a younger, more mobile player have gotten back into position? Probably, yeah. Like, like it's. I'm still not gonna blame David Luiz. Shockingly, plot twist. Um, um, but I, I can't blame you for not for not being able to do something. Like he at, at that okay. point he was not able to get back into position. He was never going to catch Son because he is David Luiz. So, so it, it, it is what it is. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll let you guys have the we'll let you guys defend David Luiz. But you know, in the second half, given it's one one, Scrodan Mustafi came into the spotlight as the hero for Tottenham. I, I mean, if, if anything, I think God. he. Sorry, I I, I think okay. he. Go ahead. He probably felt bad for Louise. He's like, "Listen, Louise has put up with a lot this season. Let me just take, let me just take some of the hits for him here." And it's... he turned into old Mustafi pre-Arteta because you know we 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 say this to you guys and we'll say it on the pod. Mustafi, to be fair to him, has been very good since Arteta took over. He's genuinely been our best centre back. Now that is a terrifying statement, but it is also true. He turned into old Mustafi here. Like he it's, was horrendous, flopping just, around and diving around and just not knowing what Alex, day it was. But Alex, you know, like you do say, like okay, he's been good under Emery. You know, in the last sorry, yeah, Arteta in the last few games since the restart, he's been very good. Blah blah. Um, but then, as soon as he's put under pressure, and Arsenal had a lot of the ball in their possession. And when they're in possession, he's making good forward passes. He's getting in good positions. But as soon as he's actually, he actually has to defend, it turns into an absolute circus. Well, in this game, yeah. But, I mean, it's not as if we haven't been under pressure in, in previous games. Like, Arsenal are always under pressure because we're just a very vulnerable football team. And he's dealt with it fine in recent weeks. Like, we were talking to you guys about the, the few clean sheets that we've got miraculously. That was when you um, messed it yeah, up. He just, yeah, but he just collapsed. Yeah, we shouldn't have mentioned it. But, yeah, he, he just collapsed. Mo, get it's in just, here. It's just an he Mustafi has an addiction to the to the spotlight, and he started to feel that David Luiz was taking it away from him. He got that red card recently, <laughs> and then you know he messed up this game, and he just started to feel okay. I cannot get outshined by these guys. But you're right. If you look at Arsenal online and forums and stuff, it's actually Mustafi had a very good start to this game. He was our best defender. He played very well as usual, and then the last twenty or so minutes, he just absolutely went. He just reverted as Alex says back to his old self but anyways these are players that we expect this from let's move on I want to talk about Pepe can I just can I just add one thing quickly before Pepe Uh, since we were on Mustafi he was he fell apart and at the at the blowing of the final whistle it was comical to see him to punch punch the air in anger did you did you guys see that was that the only one oh you should have seen that just look at you know when the final whistle was blown he was just like and he like threw out his fist in anger. I like that because you know, had that been in front of fans, we would have said that that was just like playing to the gallery and making sure everyone you know knew that he was aware that he fucked up. But with no fans there, that, yeah, that's genuine. Come on, uh, tell us why uh, Nicholas Pepe is is awful and uh, Bernie bought into a fraud. So I tweeted that we sold it will be for forty million and bought him back for seventy two. <laughs> A bit harsh, but... On, on, on Pepe, possibly. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, harsh on Pepe. Um, but I... The thing with Pepe is that, you know, we're expecting, and I think, Bernie, this is where you fell in here as well, this mercurial, fast, pacey winger that can take on players, that can, you know, get, <clears throat> get past defenses, cut in, do his thing, whatever. What we are getting so far at Arsenal is someone um, that is just playing tippy-tappy football on the wing. He could not get past um, Ben Davies once. There's a lot of games this season where I was just tweeting, you know, I want to see Pepe get past X, and X is some useless left back at some useless team. And he just doesn't seem to be able to, to, to kind of, you know, that locomotion we need to just go and get past someone and, and run. He, every time he gets it, it's cut back. It's little tippy-tappy movement. He, he keeps kind of deleting his momentum every time he's running at a left back. And it's so frustrating how much he wants to stop the ball and cut in. It's almost like he wants to play a number 10. And it's not working for the position that we wanted to play. 
and it's really starting to to frustrate me that this guy, you know, either he has it and he's not doing it, or he just doesn't seem to have that blistering explosiveness to go and you know create the stats, create the assists, create the goals, and not. I don't need the Mezzarosa on the right. We tried Mezzarosa on the right; it didn't work. He's playing just like Mezzarosa, no difference. He's not showing any more pace. He's not showing any more running. He's not, you know, he's not getting past the a left back. He's not doing anything. So. I'm just getting really, really frustrated with the way we're using him, but also I think with what he's producing on the field. I don't know I, I how think, Alex Bernie has feel, but yeah, I think so. I watched him a lot at Lille, like a lot. And you know, I know people go, "Oh, it's a farmers league, whatever." But like, you raw pace is raw pace, and skill is skill. Yes, the defenders are idiots, but skill is skill. He has that skill. He has that pace. But you're right; he's not using it. And I agree with one of the tweets that you put out that he's a coward. Like. That's what he's doing. Maybe he's not a coward, but he's being cowardly at the minimum because he can skin these guys. He can absolutely skin these guys. It's not hard. Like, it's absolutely not hard, but he doesn't have it in him. I don't know. Like, it's a tough start. Whatever he's been going through, I don't know. I don't really care. But what, all he has to do, actually, in actual fact, is run in a straight line. Like, run with the ball, run in a straight line. Just push it past someone first. Before your skill, just push it. And he's then, got and that then really, what he's got that really annoying Martial thing about him where he's like, he's super lazy and he looks like I'm too cool for this and I'm too cool to try, which is fine if you're Thierry Henry and you're ripping the league apart, you know, you can do that. But to have that attitude when you're barely getting past Ben Davies, like I'm, I just can't accept that kind of laziness that like he's just lackluster. There's not a lot happening about him. And I don't know, Alex, if I'm just upset with the whole thing and I'm putting it on him, but what do you think? I think... I think there there is a couple of points. One is the most upsetting thing about Pepe is not Pepe. It's how much the money we spent on Pepe probably means we can't buy anyone else, which is very irritating. But on Pepe himself, he very clearly is lacking a lot of confidence. As Bernie said, he's got the skills. We've seen them in flashes. We know, you know, there's a lot more there. But to to the point about him, like, playing a very confused and slow game he looks like someone who is worried about himself he's not someone who's integrated into this team or the system or like has a role and knows how to play it he's just worried about like doing the next thing and doing it okay and that's why he appears cowardly right because he's not taking risks because his confidence has been shot so you know you would back Arteta to get him to get him back you know mentally but who knows? You, you some people actually, can do it and some people can't. You like, wouldn't actually. I don't, I don't think so. I think that Arteta's great with, you know, Saka. Obviously, he's a youth player. There's like, like Saka comes in there and he does a good job. Arteta understands that. Like, he's been coaching youth players. Like, he understands that life. I don't think he understands what it, what it takes to get someone like, like, look how Lacazette peered off. Look at how Pepe peered off. All the stars, quote unquote, like you have, which is not very many, have not been performing and cannot perform. A manager should be, and I'm not blaming Arteta, I'm just saying, like, if you can, you can, you can, you can. Like, he needs to be giving this guy the freedom to do what he needs to do, which is what he had at, at, at Lille. Putting so him in what? a system, he's not a system player. So e- either you can find a way to let this guy express himself, or you, you cut your losses, because this is not Arteta's thing. So I'll, I'll disagree with you in, on, on two, both points, actually, in that depends what the system is. At Lille, he played in a counter-attacking team where they sat deep, they, they won the ball, they knocked it to him and the other forwards, and they ran, right? That's not Arsenal's game. Um, so it depends what the system is. And the other thing on Arteta is, yeah, he has more experience with youth players, but he worked with the senior City squad. He, you know, basically counseled Xhaka back into being a, a human being. We also know about he's the Raheem Sterling and et cetera, et cetera. There's the Sterling thing. There's, the, you know, the fact that he's getting anything out of Mustafi shows you that it's not just kids that he can work with. And, you know, Lacazette is like, you know, he did fall off a cliff, but he's coming back into uh, it. So, I, and, and Pepe is what, 22, 23? So it's not like he's an old git. So I, would, 24. I think he's 24, but I would okay. say also that he, the unfortunate thing for Pepe is that there's Saka. Saka, we see the major difference for what he brings. Like when he came on the last 20 minutes, it's just, yes, he didn't score or assist or change the game, but you could see the idea is what I want to see. I want to see him run at players. I want to see him create chaos. I want to see him go into the box, cross the ball, do something other than stop, hold the guy off, and just let, give a lazy pass off. Money. You know what I think? I think Arsene Wenger would have done quite well, Pepe. I think he would. 
I mean, there's still time. I'm not saying if this is the end of the road for Pepe. It's just this season has definitely been frustrating. Whether we can get better from him next season is a different story. But so far, he has not been worth $72 million, not even close. So to the Arsenal fans, you know, I'd, I'd make the point of, you know, how football is a confidence game. Mm. And Arsenal started this game. They went 1-0 up. They're not a bad team. Under, um, under Arteta, they've actually been a very difficult team to break down, barring the back line, obviously. But how much do you think the attacker's confidence is you know, wary right now because, you know, the team themselves, they can see what bad defenders Luis and Mustafi are. You know, how demoralizing would it be the effect on the squad just to have, you know, Mustafi starting every single game, Luis starting every single game, and at every opportunity where they're faced with some sort of challenge, they absolutely cost the team a goal. How demoralizing must it be and how much does that actually factor into, you know, player development like Pepe? You know, how much does it, Aubameyang it, have it to do, it, it does quite a bit. And especially when you take into account who plays at right back. You know, we keep having Bellerin there. Now Suarez is playing a little bit. Then you have Ainsley, Maitland-Niles. So, like, even that, just not having that partnership, obviously, is a factor. And, and you see Pepe, when you watch Arsenal, he drops really deep to help with the defense as well. Even though we're playing five at the back, which doesn't make any sense. You have a wing back there for a reason. But he does drop quite a bit. And, yes, not knowing, you know, knowing that you could see that any moment is demoralizing. Think of how Lacazette felt after he scored an absolute thunderbolt and then, you know, 100 seconds later, that happened. So, yes, obviously there's a lot of other factors. But at the end of the day, you could still shine in a bad team if you've got the call. And he just hasn't, hasn't done that. And at $72 million, I, that's what I expected to get. That's all. Another, an, another London team uh, lost. Uh, right? Yeah. We lost, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Chelsea, 3-0, Sheffield United. My God. My God. Sheffield United were unbelievable here. They were unbelievable. Just like, an absolute machine. That was prime Mourinho ball when Mourinho was actually a good manager. That, that's how to do Mourinho ball. Chelsea had all the ball, a lot of chances. Sheffield United did not look bothered one bit every time they went forward you're like goal and it probably was a goal every time it was disgusting yeah. oh my god Jorginho, sorry Alex ask me a question what is it uh you were very pleased at the goal scorers in this game tell us why well because a week ago I pointed out then when I watched Sheffield United because I'm not a stats guy I just like I watch football you know 90 minutes and I enjoy it and I really like McGoldrick McGoldrick I was like he brings so much to the Sheffield United team and I'm like wow I just like he does the basics very well he holds the ball well he brings other people into play and I don't know who he is I've never seen him in my life before this is just from watching a couple of Sheffield United games and then when I said that out you guys obviously laughed at me and pointed out that he hasn't scored the goal in like God knows how long well he hasn't ever in the Premier League I think yeah, it wasn't so, that he's shit. It's just no goal. Right. I didn't. I didn't. I actually didn't realize that because it was just me watching him play. And then this game, scoring two, um, I was just <laughs> really pleased. I couldn't wait to get back on the thread and just you know put it back in your face. But yeah, he he was fantastic. And that and Rache, I'm like, I'm gonna let you talk about McGregor's oh. header because when I saw it, I agreed with you. I, I was hoping someone else would appreciate it as much. So I'll let you take that one. As I described on the thread, I cannot say exactly the same words over here, but my God, vector, trajectory, it was beautiful. Angular bliss. Honestly, that should be put in a museum of gifts because, you know, the, the sliding header moving against the, the, the ball vector on the right side of the post. Oh, my God. And you know what? Kepa, the world's worst goalkeeper. My God. <laughs> he was actually near a side. He was near a post and he was still beaten and he didn't even move towards that ball because the perfect positioning. My God, beautiful header. Also, it could have been 4 0 right at the end. They missed a one on one chance. What a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Muset uh, chipped it over Kappa, who was flaying like an absolute salmon. Uh, I couldn't get anywhere near it. Uh, look, look Kappa is bad. Like, his save ratio is the worst in the league. He's absolutely horrendous. There are rumors that they want to buy uh, Dean Henderson and United, like, <laughs> sure, buddy. But they need a new goalkeeper, they need a whole new defense. It's unbelievable. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Chelsea's rubbish. defense a little bit Look. because Roche, Roche last, last pod brought up a really good point that they are overachieving majorly with their, with their attack. Um, let me lead you into that because that's not even that good because they've conceded 49 goals, okay? 49 goals. That is an unbelievable amount. The next team after them is Tottenham. <laughs> like, no other, like, it's not even close between them and other people. They've only scored 63. United have scored 61. Leicester 65. Their attack is not blistering attack. 
whatsoever. It's just not. And their defense is rubbish. Like, they're winning games 3-2, 4-3, whatever. Like, it, it's not good. I don't understand this. It's just not good. Yeah, also, you know, Giroud is one of their best attackers. Yeah, well, I was going to... That's exactly, Rishi. I was going to say, Tammy Abraham started this game when... Uh, it was a bit surprising because Giroud was in really good form. Uh, he was playing well for them alongside Willian and Pulisic and stuff. And also, Jorginho starting the game. Every time Jorginho starts the game, I'm just like... I don't know, man. I don't have confidence in this guy. I just feel like your midfield is going to get run over with him in there. And I felt like that happened again this game. He just is not suited to stop any sort of a counter attack. Uh, I think. The yeah, no, you're right in that he, he lacks that physical presence and like athletic capability to do that. But I thought that was very much credit to Sheffield United. Like your boy McGoldrick and, and McBurney as well were dropping quite deep and like picking up Jorginho and not allowing him any space on the ball. And Chelsea ended up just bypassing him. So, like, from a build-up perspective, he, he was missing completely. But on Chelsea's defense, like, we were talking during the week, and I can't really understand why Azpilicueta doesn't play centre-back more. Because, like, he's a better centre-back than any of their actual centre-backs. Like, they just have this collection. Who would you say is the best one? Like, Zuma? And that's not encouraging. He's short. Well, where's Christensen? I think it's Christensen plays and he's rubbish. Well, and, all of them are rubbish, Alex. That's the thing. I know. Christensen is the best of a rubbish bunch. <laughs> I know. And this is my point. Like, you know, we, we have a debate fairly regularly about whether Lampard's any good. Um, so, Bernie, I know that you'll have enjoyed Sheffield United's 3-0 battering of, of Frankie Lampard. But the fact is that, like, when he took over the squad, this is the defense he was left with. And... I'm not saying that he's going to go out and, and buy, you know, three great defenders and fix it because that's actually really hard to find very good defenders who can, who can get in there. But he's got to be given a chance to do so. Well, they signed, they wasted a lot of money on strikers and I get it. Sure. Everybody's excited about signing Werner and ZH, but now they have to really go out and buy at least, like you said, three defenders. Like they have and a goalkeeper. Well, Sure. I, if you start to put the list down of things that they need to do, having already paid money, I, I know they saved a lot of money last season and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at least Pulisic looks like he's going to start to come good a little bit. So that wasn't a complete waste. But now it's Pulisic, Diaz, and Werner. Let's get some defenders in there, man. Like it's not, and, and Kante is not the same Kante. Kovacic is playing okay. Ross Barkley is not it. Um, the three-barreled name guy is not it. So it's just you need... Uh, you need a lot of players starting from defensive mid all the way to your keeper. You almost need all of them. You need five, six and, players. And, and, just, and just to add to the point is, I, I think a lot of people did think because they had a good start or decent start that, you know, Champions League was locked up in January. I think a lot of people did that. And it's poor from the manager to the directors if you can't plug the gaps. In January, everybody said, every single pundit, commentator, fans said, buy a defender. There was these Nathan Ake buyback rumors, all that stuff. And they did nothing. That is a dereliction of duty not to buy a defender when everyone knows that you have to do that. It was that's unbelievable. If they miss out on this, I, I think they'll make it through. They're, they're running is better than Leicester. Leicester's running is horrible. They have Tottenham, they have United, and they have uh, Sheffield United left to play. Chelsea have a bit easier. But if they don't make this, it's the single-handed decision not to buy a defender. It's unbelievable. I, I think that's easy to say, and it's really hard to do. Like, Fuck. if Ake was, was the, the option that they had in January, and they could have signed Nathan Ake because they had the buyback clause, uh, and they still have it until... Oh, no, it passed in June, I think. Um, like, he's not an improvement on what they have. Oh, he is. And he is. No, no, he's he not. Really... He's not. He's, he's part of a boy. A, he's 5'11", and uh, not to be heightist, but come on. And, <laughs> and B, he's, Sorry, part of a, he's part of one of the... <laughs> Mo's not a centre-back. It's fine. He's a creative little <laughs> nippy 10. Um, but like B, he's part of, you know, one of the worst defences in the league, and that's not all his fault, uh, obviously. Alex, but it's Alex, not encouraging Alex, either. But Bernie, I have, I have to go off for a second, Alex. Nathan Ake solves Chelsea's problems? No, I mean, what I'm, I'm saying is... I said, buy a defender. There was Nathan Ake rumors is what I said. But then again, you're in love with Ben Godfrey and he's in the worst defense in the league. So this whole thing about being a bad I'm not def- suggesting Chelsea buy him the, the defense. defense. <laughs> I like his ability on the ball. I'm not suggesting he's going to solve Chelsea's security issues. But look, like, name the good centre-backs that, that would fix this defense. There's like three of them. And you're sure. going to have to pay 60 to 80 million to buy any of them. Like, it's Chelsea, not needs to, Chelsea need to go and put a lot of money on CU2. 
a lot of money on Buendia. A lot of money. There are pe- there are players in this league that will move to Chelsea. There are. Alex, Alex yeah. likes Diop, so go 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 spend the money on his Diop. <laughs> I, I do like him, but mainly for comic comic effect. No, I I think like if you're Chelsea and you have, you know, let's say you've got a hundred million that you could be spending on Kai Havertz, go and spend seventy on Skriniar. Like that would do it. <laughs> Honestly, Roche would do it at this point. <laughs> what? Yeah, you know. I mean, their, their attack is good. Why do they need more attacking players? They score a lot of goals. Um, you know, but if they're going to concede a lot of goals, they're going to leak a lot of goals, then, yeah, of, of course, you should buy defenders. But do they think logically? No. So, I mean, yeah, we have all the solutions here. We, you know, we discussed the best solution on our pod, but Chelsea's not listening to our pod, so we can't help them. <laughs> I mean, don't never assume. Let's, let's, let's be optimistic. They might be. No, I, look, I, I think we could all be looking a bit silly in in a few weeks in that if Chelsea finish in the top four, which is the most you could have asked Lampard to achieve this season, right? They were never going to finish above City and Liverpool. So if they finish third or fourth, well done. You've done it. You've done the job. If they finish Champions League, they bring in Ziyech and Werner who are like, regardless of the defense, if you can bring those guys in, you do it because they're brilliant and you improve your attack. And then who says they're not going to sign defenders in the summer? Like they may well do that. And then they're looking at a very complete squad. So I think, you know, it's a little premature. Oh, Alex, you got also, a good a point. Note. I'm just saying that let's let's not like like yeah, you, you we have to look at it as the games that we're we're talking about, right? Hmm. Like it's it's not good enough. They're, what they've done since January, like if we're being honest with ourselves, Lampard bias aside, it's just not good enough. Like United is not good enough. Leicester's form right now is not good enough. Those three teams have not been good enough. If you scrape it, you scrape it fine. You celebrate. You you re- recalculate whatever, but it's not good enough, and and that's just the fact that we have to deal with here. All right, Roche. Um, sorry, I was just gonna. It was a more of a chirp, but you know, <laughs> Chelsea also let go of David Luiz to Arsenal. You know, dead weight. Um, you know, he he wasn't good enough for Chelsea. My God, he's making Arsenal's lineup every week. Honestly, he wouldn't have made them any worse this season. <laughs> he, he genuinely wouldn't. Anyway, um, uh, two, move us on. I was just gonna say two really boring teams to talk about now, which you know we're not gonna harp too much on is Liverpool and Manchester City. Let's start with Liverpool. They I lost. You're gonna say Man City, um, Real Madrid, and Barcelona because we don't no, want to no, talk no. about Man City and Liverpool. No, um, Liverpool did lose though. The significance of the game is that they lost their perfect streak at home uh, by drawing one-one to Burnley. Um, to be fair to them, I mean, Burnley's goal was fantastic. Jerry Rodriguez's goal was phenomenal from a just from a skills yep. perspective. From technical perspective but like Liverpool obviously got a lot of calls their way during the season but there was a penalty here for Liverpool that was just like what is VAR in general like what is going on like if that is not given then what is given you know what I mean like he just clattered right into I think it was Robertson or whatever into the box like it was it's phenomenal to watch some of these calls that were you know you, you saw the, the the studs on some game there was like a major studs to knee as well that didn't get called the red card like I, I don't know if I think the room and correct me if I'm wrong the news is that like FIFA's taking over VAR is that true yeah That's, that happened recently so it's not like league specific or what's the what's the idea I don't well, know do you know the specifics I, I I know that FIFA are taking over the the running of it. Or the guidelines, I guess. I think it's a guidelines thing because obviously they can't plant FIFA people in every country to oversee it. But Wenger came out and said something like that. Um, but all I'll say is if FIFA have anything to do with it, I trust them more than I trust these gits because of the way they did it in the World Cup, as we've talked about. It was actually perfect, except for the final, <laughs> which is the most important game. So there you go. But And, and if Big Veng is involved, I mean, come on. I, I think he needs to be the, no. the video assistant referee for the Champions League final. You no, know, you know why? the only thing you can do. No, you know why? Because when he get it wrong, he'd be like, I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> he'd have nowhere to turn this time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Liverpool lose their uh, their winning streak, which is, you know, that, that's really the major talking point from this game. Um, and I think they needed, I don't know if they can still go on a record points anymore. They, they can. can they can, they, can they can get 102, I think is the maximum they can get if they win their last three. Their is, is the record 100? Yeah. Records 100, yeah. They're sitting at 93, oh, okay. so that's seven points to go with three games. Doable. So, yeah, so 100. So they can equal it. But, sorry, guys, my question is, do they do, like, how much do they want it? And they I'm know. asking that from a biased perspective because they play Chelsea. <laughs> so, like, do you think they want, they care about this 100 No, I, I, I don't think, I, I think since the restart, they've, they've been really unprofessional. I think they've been really bad since the restart. They, they've scraped a couple of games. They lost to 
City four nil. Yeah, four nil. Like I, I was, I've been unimpressed with them since the restart. Even in the games they won, even so, in this Burnley game included. Do you think the magic is over? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's more said in hope than anything. But <laughs> we'll be back to, next season. <laughs> to, to uh, th- there is a little something to worry about in that you remember, like from the turn of the year before the lockdown, like they were winning games, but not convincingly. Like it was a one 0 it was a two one. Like they were scraping them, they, and you you can always turn that around and say it's a professional job or whatever, you know, just doing enough, conserving energy, what have you. But they weren't blowing teams away like they were doing in the first half of the season. So when you combine that with the post-winning the league form, who knows? Maybe there is something to worry about. But, you know, um, we're clutching we'll probably be fine. Yeah, yeah, we are. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they're not going to win the league next season. Yay. I don't think that's a limb. I think, like, City are brilliant, and if they add a couple people like. this is this is what city needs okay city does do really well at the start of a season so we've seen them at the start they go blistering pace they win like eight games in a row four nil they've they've treated this post restart the same they've just been pummeling teams including liverpool four nil and that's all they need they just need stoppages every three months so that they can regain that form and then blister teams again they beat brighton like it was so easy five nil away from home. It was just so, so simple for them. Raheem Sterling, I think, with a hat-trick, if I'm not mistaken. One of them was a comical goal. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're just boring since the restart in terms of how efficient they've been. Please do not forget that this is the same team that was a calamity and lost to Chelsea, which handed Liverpool the league. <laughs> they have not been blisteringly perfect. They've been blistering perfect in, in many ways, but they've been rubbish in many other ways. No, I'd just like to add a quick fun fact about Brighton. Brighton actually did the double over Arsenal this season. <laughs> I think we, we had that one last week, Roche, but thank you. <laughs> So petty, so petty. Also, I, also, think, I think we haven't beaten goal. Brighton in three seasons. <laughs> the comical goal by Raheem Sterling was truly comical. Oh, if you haven't seen great. it, please watch it. Yeah, that, that was I mean, he, there, there was still some intention there, but, you know, obviously a lot of luck. Yeah. Um, no, I think, uh, you know, I, I really want to know what Liverpool have done off the field in terms of keeping their players really fresh for every game because they had the blessing this season of not being injured or having close to no squad injuries, whereas some other teams, United, for example, have plenty of injuries throughout the season. Um, so, yeah, you know, Liverpool had a very, very long win streak. Two win streaks, actually. Two very long win streaks. Rache, you bring up a... They also had a fresh squad. You bring up a really good point, because a lot of people are talking about, you know, squad depth this, squad depth that, and whatever. And it's true. I think you need a good squad to compete. But Liverpool squad, like, if you actually look at it first to 20 or whatever... After 11, it's like, what? You know, Adrian, there's like, it, who's, who's a defender? I can't remember. Oh, Joe Gomez was injured the Lovren. whole time. Like, Lovren, yeah, there's no backup for Trent. There's no backup for Robertson. There's basically Origi to back up three players <laughs> up front. Like, it's actually Milner. not good when you go back. Yeah. So no, the central midfield is the only place there's depth. Yeah. They've done a good job keeping people fit. But, but I think, I think to Roche's point, um, like obviously with injuries, a great deal of it is luck, but there's also a recruitment point, which is that, you know, they, when they look at the data, they're not just looking at goals and assists, right? They're looking at, at injury records and they're looking at people who are injury prone and who aren't. And, you know, I, I think they'll have learned a lot from fucking Adam Lalana and never to sign someone like that again. And, you know, and recruit the two. Yeah, that'd be catered too. So, like, recruitment it plays a part, you know? If you sign yeah, also, players who are injured, then they're going to get injured again. Yeah, that's very true, like recurring injuries. But, mm. you know, they also had the luxury of not sending Sadio Mane to the African Cup of Nations because they, they weren't doing that this season anymore. Yep, true. Would, would have been a problem next season if it, well, it still might be if it goes ahead. Anyway, um, so Liverpool. Oh, sorry. I, I just wanted to make one more comment on. Um, you know, you were talking, Bernie, you asked, do they want it? And I was reminded that Arsene Wenger often tells the story and who knows how romanticized it is, but he often says, like, he really had to drill it into the Arsenal players after they won the league in the Invincible season to keep going and to maintain and, and to get that, that, that unbeaten record because they didn't really care that much. And if you think about what an incredible and unique <coughs> achievement that is, and those players needed to be convinced to do it. So, yeah, there's probably a motivation issue with, with some of these Liverpool players. 
All right, all right. Uh, let's. Uh, I think we're done with the Premier League. Uh, yeah. A couple of minutes left. Let's see if we can talk Champions League and use that to talk about the respective te- teams and their locals. Uh, quarterfinals. I mean, Madrid and City. They have the second leg to play, right? I think that's going to be first week of August, and the winner of that plays Leon or Juventus. I don't remember how Leon and Juventus is poised. I think it's two one Leon. Hang on. Is it? I, I really want to see a Madrid and Juventus quarterfinal. You know, Ronaldo versus his old club. Come on, you know, it, it's exactly what we need right now. That it's would rigged, be epic. Rigged, Sorry, rigged, it's Leon Leon one nil from the first leg. Okay. Uh, do we think? Okay, Madrid or City? Who who's getting through here? Do you think Madrid are on fire right now? Yeah, but City. Yeah. City, are, City, 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 City have the two one away win. Yeah, they have the two one away wins. So two away goals. Mm. So Madrid will essentially have to win two nil at the Etihad. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's that's tough. Without well, I, Ramos, I'm going. I'm going City on this one. What do you guys think? City might be an advantage without their fans. <laughs> Wait, what, they're they're never there. You mean, you mean a normal match day? <laughs> Mohamed, what are you thinking? That's easy one, City for sure. All right, and Juventus to topple Leon, or they're going to struggle. No, nope. they'll be, they'll I'm, be I'm speaking it into existence. Leon will get through. Okay. Uh, Leipzig go up against Atleti. That's the, that's the tie of the round for me. Just because, well, you know what? I think, I think Leipzig are hard done by in that this is only one leg. Like one leg, Simeone will absolutely Simeone the shit out of this. But over two legs, I think Leipzig would have beaten them. Is Werner really? Is Werner gonna play, or or is he not? Is he doing like a Fraser and not playing again? For a... such a good question, I can't remember the answer to that. Okay, we'll find that out. Uh, Atleti to win, yeah, sure. Uh, after that, Napoli and Barcelona, or Chelsea and Bayern. We know Bayern are going through, so Chelsea shouldn't show up yeah. and waste their time and potential infection. <laughs> yeah, but, I think Bayern had that three 0 win in the first leg, and they crushed Chelsea. You know, on schedule, no surprises here. Bayern through Barcelona for me as well, getting past Napoli. So Barca Bayern is actually going to be. I think that the winner of this fixture is going to win the Champions League this season. Yeah. I don't even want to entertain the thought of a dark horse PSG. What's the first leg of Napoli Bar? Um, what's their names? Napoli and Barcelona. One-one. <coughs> It was a one-one Brady, draw. You're the one that brought us into this topic. We were hoping you would have. <laughs> Man, I'm just running, running them through, hoping you guys can carry me. Bernie's <laughs> just Bro, giving us research like, assignments. Well, Timo Werner cannot was, play, by the way. This happened like three months ago. <laughs> also, what Napoli have, have beaten, beaten Liverpool this season. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah because true. Van Dijk let them. <laughs> That's literally it. Uh, what did, you, did you think I say it was one-one in that first leg? I did indeed. Okay, Barca, Barca will take this because I don't trust Napoli for anything. Uh, Atalanta and Paris Saint-Germain. Atalanta for wait. me. Atalanta are going to run riot. They did that in the last round against, uh, I think it was Valencia. Valencia, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Atalanta, free scoring Atalanta. I really hope they blast PSG into oblivion because the way the PSG players celebrated after they got past Dortmund, Neymar dove to get, um, you know, what's his face sent off for, for Dortmund. Uh, forget, forgetting his name, Emery Can. Yeah. Mm. Terrible, terrible incident, Neymar. And then after the game, they were taunting Holland. Get out of here with that attitude. You're not, a, you're not a club of champions. You're a club of mercenaries. Go, to, go play in the Chinese league for a big payout afterwards. You, you fail at every quarterfinal. So shut the hell up and go home. Well, uh, that's yeah. his TED talk. Fair, fair points. <laughs> Fair point. I, I actually think Atalanta have a real opportunity here. A, because like, obviously PSG have all the, the same flaws that they've always had, despite Idrissa Gay. But uh, Ligue 1 hasn't been happening, right? It got cancelled. They, they haven't played a c- competitive game in ages. They played a friendly against Le Havre and won 9-0 the other day. But like, PSG haven't played anyone decent for, for months. So oh. this is a really good opportunity for Atalanta, who are on great form in Serie A to, to catch them out. It's also right on brand for Neymar, you know, the, the, the icon of PSG because he's barely even played games, any games for PSG in the three seasons he's been there. So not surprising. The only problem here is that Atlanta cannot defend. They just score. And yeah. if you're going up against, if you can't defend, you're going up against Neymar, Mbappe, and Icardi, I'd be a little bit scared of that. Oh, Mbappe is going to have a field day. There's a- <laughs> 
he will push the ball and run past you and go score a goal. Nicola Pepe, look out. <laughs> yes, it's going to be Mbappe against Zapata and then maybe an Ilicic free kick or something. Ah, uh, well, that, that's your... I have, have to... Yeah, I have to say, I, someone just just a quick thing. I'm I'm just going through Twitter here while we're talking, and someone did the math on how much money Etihad make, right? It's the owners of City, and they're like they make around 115 thousand dollars, like pounds a minute, right? In right. profit. So mm-hmm. they're saying by that context, the eight million pound fine by UAE <laughs> 9:30 a.m. would have been paid by 11 a.m. <laughs> Takes an hour and a half to pay the whole thing. Oh, like, give me two hours. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be right back. <laughs> and that's with oil prices at, at, at rock bottom. So yeah. yeah like, I'm, a, I'm a late I'm a late finish. But <laughs> here's eight million. <laughs> but they're also an airline, aren't they? Well, yeah. yeah that's, that's the point. Oh huh. my god! And even that airline doesn't make money. It's just—it's all state funneling, man. It's all smoke and mirrors. Everything. Uh, everything you know how much is you have rubbish. to pay to get your Falcon on the seat next to you? A slot. Seriously, that's worth it. <laughs> but if you know the right people. Uh, uh, real quick, right. La Liga is basically over. Um, uh, Four-point lead for Real Madrid with two games, two yeah, games or three games left? Two games left. That's done. Okay. That is done. So Madrid won again today. I know that they beat Granada. Yep. And um, they were four points ahead going into this match day. So they're either seven points ahead or if Barca also won their game, they're, they're four, still points. four points. Four okay. points for now, yeah. So Barca uh, are horrendous. Anybody that watching Barca since the break, my God, they're an old, tired, uncreative, uncreative team. Horrendous. Griezmann cannot pass a ball. Suarez looks really old. Everybody just is falling apart, man. It's hard. like it's actually like you know what? I used to watch Barcelona on the side as like the team to watch when you know Arsenal's obviously not playing very well. Yes, we know. Let's let's watch Barcelona have some fun. It's actually unwatchable since this restart. I don't know what has is going on with that club. Uh, yeah, it's it's disturbing. And uh, but props to Zidane for claiming another league title. Uh, props to him. Uh, Syria is basically done, but it is the worst run-in we've ever seen because Juventus can't win a game, Lazio can't win a game. Yes, Inter just won today, but they typically haven't been able to win games. So it's Juventus on seventy-six, Inter on sixty-eight, Lazio sixty-eight, and Atalanta sixty-seven. Like it's actually a race for second place. I've never seen it this is. type of nonsense. It actually is. Sorry's getting away with it, man. Sorry's getting well. Actually, to be fair, Atalanta Juve two two the other day. Atalanta scored two brilliant goals, and then Juve got two bullshit penalties as as standard. So you know. <laughs> so so this is why we can have faith that Atlanta will go past PSG in the Champions League. Well, there'll probably be two bullshit penalties there too. <laughs> did, did we mention that this is PSG's Champions League to win? No, because they're not going to. No, but no, it is. We, we but this is the best chance they have. They have nobody to meet other than maybe Atletico Madrid in the final. Like they, it's such a one-sided. Are they in the same side as Bayern or no? No, no. everybody's oh, on one side. Everybody's oh, yeah. on one side except Atleti and PSG. How do you say it's our year, mate, in French? Um, I don't know, Alex. I, I was hoping you could answer that. Uh, something new, Zani. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the, the question I had about Syria before we say, go off the okay, rails here's is... Okay, we say it, but please, let's teach huh? people some, some okay. class. It's teach. notre année. Ah, uh, almost, okay. Alex. Almost. All right. it's, only, it's only our second language, Benny. It's fine. So here's the question. Uh, Immobile is top of, the, top of the charts, 29 goals. Ronaldo, 28 goals. How many more penalties Ronaldo, will Ronaldo get before the end of the season? How many games do they have left? Six games. Six? Six? What the hell are they doing? Oh. Every other league is almost finished. Bro, so they had the worst coronavirus and they ended earlier than everybody yeah. else. <laughs> That's true. Okay, yeah. so six games. Let's say Immobile will score eight goals, which means Ronaldo will get nine pens. <laughs> I think that's I think that's quick math. Check the statistics. I was gonna say four, just you know, guesstimating, but I like the maths. I'm, I'm going like with do. three. I'm going to go with three. All right, man's international now, Phil. Three and one unchecked VAR decision that was actually offside. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. that. Sounds fair. <laughs> and the, and the deflected free kick. Yeah, yeah, with, with a drastically inappropriate celebration. And he will, he will win the goal. The, is it the Pichichi over there? No, that's uh, no, the Pichichi. Oh, wait, it's is the it? best word in the world. It's um, oh, Capo Cannonieri. What? 
Capocan on Yeri. Wow. Okay, he's going to win that thing. The top it's scorer. It's the top, top scorer in Serie A. That's and what we're I never going to hear the end week. of it. Wait, wait. Well, I thought that was the Pichichi. No, Pichichi is no, no, Pichichi's in Spain. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever Alex said, that, yeah, that's what I ordered when we were in Rome that one time. <laughs> She's like, can I get one couple of campanieri with extra peppers on top? Absolutely. I'll take it. I'll take the award right now. <laughs> if Rache won the top score award, I'm just picturing him like dousing it in red pepper flakes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> All right. All right, lads. On that note. Lovely stuff. We will chat again in a week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Ciao. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.